Hello, I'm Jeffrey Mishlove. Today, I'm going to respond to a request from a viewer that I talk about psychedelics. First of all, let me say that I've always been open about the fact that uh, I've used psychedelics, and it's been an important part of my exploration going back to the late 1960s when I was an undergraduate college student. You know, I recently read an account of um, shamans who uh, engage in the use of uh, psychoactive drug rituals in, in a shamanistic context. And an anthropologist once asked uh, a shaman, why do you use these drugs? And he said to the anthropologist, to keep the mind from crystallizing. In other words, from hardening, from getting <laughs> arteriosclerosis of, of the mind hardening of the attitudes, so to speak. Uh, and you have to appreciate the cultural context of this because uh, as a child growing up in the 1950s, it was like uh, what you could call a Norman Rockwell universe. Everything seemed good and complete, and uh, there was no reason not to trust the authorities. The United States had emerged victorious from the Second World War. The economy was booming. I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin. My father owned a furniture store, and it was natural for me to figure that, well, I'd go into the furniture business when I completed college. And I started my career as an undergraduate student in, in Madison with a business major. I completed my career four years later writing a senior honors thesis on the psychology of religious mysticism. So that was a transition. And of course, the Vietnam War era caused a whole generation of college students in particular to question authority. We used to say, don't trust anybody over 30 back then. It was as if... Uh, all of the ground rules that have been laid out for us were being called into question. And I think there's no doubt in my mind that psychedelic drugs had a big part in opening me up to considering things differently. Believe it or not, I actually had conservative attitudes when I entered college. I didn't vote until 1968, and so I have never voted anything but Democratic throughout my entire life. But when I entered college as a freshman, I had fallen under the influence of one of my high school teachers who was a conservative economist, and uh, I... I had very distinct conservative attitudes, and uh, those all changed <laughs> within a couple of years. Now, I want to say something about the set and setting. Uh, I can tell you this. I've used psychedelic drugs over a hundred times. That's, that's simply a fact. And uh, that includes a wide variety, LSD, psilocybin, mescaline, peyote, ayahuasca, uh, mushrooms, <laughs> cactus. Uh, I have MDMA, also known as ecstasy. I've, uh, I've sampled all of those, although it's been a very long time since I've had any psychedelics at all. Uh, nevertheless, 
I was quite influenced by, naturally, in that era, Timothy Leary, Richard Alpert, Ralph Metzner, the pioneers of the psychedelic revolution, their book, The Psychedelic Experience, based on the Tibetan Book of the Dead. But my own experiences while using LSD also prompted me to question reality. I know there was one occasion in which I heard a voice I heard a friend of mine talking to me, a person who was several blocks away, and when I asked her, were you sending me a telepathic message? She said, no. So, I came to understand that under psychedelics, you can have the illusion of being psychic. Now, there's some research that shows that psychedelics enhance uh, parapsychological uh, scores and tests, but the uh, basically, the findings are relatively weak and inconsistent. So, I don't think in terms of taking tests for ESP that psychedelics is a good idea. That doesn't mean that they don't facilitate psychic functioning, but who wants to take a test under those circumstances? Well, perhaps some people do. But set and setting is very important. And I think one of the reasons why uh, in my experience of uh, a lot of psychedelic drug use in my early years with never a bad experience, well, maybe once a mildly bad experience. <laughs> I remember I lived in a farmhouse outside of Madison, Wisconsin, and I took a walk and next door <laughs> was the uh, wastewater treatment plant, the sewage plant, and it kind of smelled of sulfur fumes and walking around outdoors at night near the <laughs> waste disposal plant, I had the feeling of, oh, there's something hellish going on. And of course, <laughs> the flames and the fumes, it did have kind of a hellish atmosphere but that was the worst of it. <laughs> it was very mild and, and very brief. But uh, why have my experiences always been positive when other people haven't had positive experiences consistently? In fact, some people, as we know, have committed suicide or done other foolish things while using drugs. Well, set and setting. I was always a student in psychology. I took drugs with friends. Uh, we engaged in intellectual discussions. <laughs> I've taken uh, psychedelics with some of my <laughs> colleagues and mentors and uh, probably a few people who have been interviewed <laughs> on this program. The, the point being the set and the setting was always positive. And frankly, I'm a person with a pretty stable emotional uh, and psychological background. I, for example, am about to celebrate my 40th wedding anniversary, so I'm, I'm not prone to go off the deep end. <laughs> Unlike many other people I know, it just happens to be an accident of birth or karma. But those factors, the supportive setting and the fact that I'm basically a very stable person psychologically um, enabled me to uh, engage in these experiences over and over again without really any detriment to myself at all. I can tell you this, when I was a student 
in criminology at Berkeley. I spent a lot of time studying drug rehabilitation programs and studying the legal status of psychedelic drugs and interacting with a number of professors there, both pro and con, with regard to drug use. One, one of those professors was Hardin Jones, a professor of, um, as I recall, medical physics. And uh, he was definitely a right-wing Republican anti-drug guy. <laughs> Here I was, this long-haired hippie, using a lot of drugs. And he gave a lecture I attended on one occasion in which he said, people who use drugs, uh, it affects their intellectual functioning. So after class, I went up to him and I said, Dr. Jones, I have a straight A average. In fact, I think at the time I had the highest, <laughs> highest uh, scores of any student in the school of criminology. And he, he was surprised. He looked at me and he said, gee, I'd like to talk to you. So I met with him many times in his office privately just to talk to him about my drug use. And uh, he had to admit, you know, as he got to know me, that I uh, didn't seem to be suffering from any uh, intellectual deficits, although he always said you could. Maybe you would have been even brighter. I think the opposite. I think that uh, there is a sense in which the use of psychedelic drugs for me opened me up, expanded my mind, increased my curiosity. And I've been uh, an explorer of consciousness dedicated to using drugs for the very purpose of self-exploration, to use the psychedelic drugs as, as a sort of a microscope into my own consciousness. And uh, that's always been my focus. I haven't <laughs> used them. I saw a movie recently, <laughs> a very good movie. I think it was called The Rider, in which is a young American Indian uh, boy, and he's uh, had a brain injury, and he's with his friends, and they say to him, let's go get fucked. Well, what that was all about was going out into nature and lighting a campfire and ringing the guitar and singing and opening up and talking. And sure, they were probably drinking something or smoking something, but that was never the way I used those drugs. It's not that I didn't party. I did, but the parties were always, they had a focus, a focus of deep inquiry about them. And uh, that's the context in, in which I think I was able to get the most out of that uh, drug use. And I'm well aware of the fact that uh, not all people have had such positive experiences. And I'm also well aware of the fact that I've avoided certain drugs. I've never really gotten into heroin or cocaine or methadrine. <laughs> Although I can tell you this, when I was an undergraduate in Madison, if I had to study all night to take an exam the next day, which I seem to do on a regular basis, I'd go to the student infirmary and ask for some dexedrine, and they just hand it out to me back in those days. Well, dexedrine is an amphetamine, but uh, <laughs> relatively mild, but strong enough to keep you up all night uh, studying. And so I'd study all night, take the test in the morning, do well typically, and then crash. So that's my experience. And, and I'm proud of it. 
I, uh, I think it's a shame that we're not researching these substances and theogens, they're now called, more. Uh, I can say along the way, uh, I've interviewed many people about drugs. If you go to the, in fact, I'm going to link to it right now. There are, I think, only seven videos in the new Thinking Aloud series at the moment. It's a playlist called Entheogens in Consciousness. And if you do some Google searches for the original Thinking Aloud series, you'll find that I've interviewed Ram Dass, I've interviewed Houston Smith, who was a deep explorer of uh, psychedelic drugs and a first-rate philosopher as, as well. I've done several interviews with Terence McKenna on drugs. Uh, Robert Anton Wilson was a friend of mine. I've interviewed him about drugs. So, my attitude is that drugs have had overall a very positive influence on our society. And now, I'm referring to psychedelics and marijuana, not to the all drugs. But uh, I think it's probably fair to say that uh, the psychedelics have had a much more positive influence overall on our society than alcohol or tobacco. And they're probably safer than alcohol and tobacco as well. Well, what's in all of this discussion for you? Uh, I would say this. You, you might begin to ask yourself, uh, if you've used psychedelics, how was it for you? Did you use them in the best way possible? Or did you misuse them? It's something to think about. Were you harmed by them? If you were harmed by them, what have you done? Have you been through any sort of recovery program, any sort of therapy? Are you comfortable talking about this? Did they open you up in important ways? I know one thing that I experienced early on, and many other people report it when you take LSD and look at another person, you can see their face change over and over and over again. You'll see different faces as you look at that person. It's as if you're looking at a whole string of past lives. It was one of the things, truly, that opened me up to wanting to study parapsychology, to realizing the importance of this discipline. Even when the drugs involved hallucinations, as I say, I had an auditory hallucination that I mistook for telepathy on one occasion. It made me question deeply the functioning of my mind. Do you question the functioning of your mind? Are there areas in which the crust of social conditioning needs to be blown away? In your case, I'll leave you in that thought and thank you once again for being with me.